What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us on the newest episode of the American Warrior Festival podcast. Before we get started, we just wanted to take a moment to honor those brave men and women warriors that made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms and this great nation. To quote your illustrious host, Mr. Dan Clore, all gave some and some gave all. We thank you, we salute you, and we will never forget you. Please join us now in a moment of silence as we honor these brave souls. Festival Podcast, a celebration of our troops, veterans, and American way of life. I'm your host, Dan Clore. The American Warrior Festival Podcast brought to you by the Red Osier Landmark Restaurant, Western New York's premier dining experience, known for its amazing prime rib and dedication to the veteran community. Visit them online at theredosier.com. Hello, American Warrior Festival family. We are on episode number 13, and today's focus is our awesome female warriors. And we are very happy to invite Lynn and Tara to the show today. Hello, ladies. Hello. Thank you. Oh. Well, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure. We need to uh, focus on you guys and let the rest of the world know all about our awesome female warriors. So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it. Same here. Thank you. So why don't we why don't we go back to the beginning here and talk a little bit about uh, what led uh, you ladies to um, you know decide to join the military? Lynn, would you like to go first? Sure, sure. So I had overheard somebody in the back of the classroom talking about them joining the Navy, and I thought, what? And I remember turning around and asking her, what are you talking about? You're joining the Navy. And next thing I know, I looked into no other branches and I joined the Navy. I did end up um, transferring over to the Air Force and retired Air Force, but that was it. That's all it took was overhearing someone. Um, I was nervous about what I was gonna do after high school. I wasn't a big school person and fearing going to college and knowing my parents were gonna make me, I thought this was my out. This was my easy out, which was not easy out. <laughs> College probably would have been the easier out. So that's my story. Nice. All right, Tara, how about you? Oh, geez. I always loved the military. I was one of those kids um, who grew up playing with like army figures. I still remember my kindergarten friend, Brad Dragonette, him and I setting up our army men all over the yard. Uh, my grandfather was a World War II vet, so that was a big drive. I used to hear all his stories. 
and I just always wanted to do it. So I started out in the Army for the first eight years and been with the Air Force ever since. So I enlisted in 2000 and have been in ever since. So I'm still serving. <laughs> Where we left off and edited, just edit that out. Okay, so T Tara, you're still serving now, right? In the uh, Air Force Reserves? Uh, yes, I'm an, a full-time active guard reservist. So I'm pretty much active duty in the reserves. Oh, nice. Nice, very cool. So now why don't we talk a little bit about uh, the boot camp experience and how it was for you ladies. <laughs> Go ahead, Tara. You, you, well, she went on first, so yeah, you have, you have more of a, of a challenge, I'm sure. I'm not sure the difference is. I was Navy at boot camp. She was Army boot camp. We both, well, I ended Air Force and she's Air Force now. So Tara, how was that for you? Honestly, I was just out of high school like you Lynn um I went right to boot camp and Fort Leonard Wood Missouri they used to call it like Fort Lost in the Woods Missouri um, <laughs> um I remember getting first day on the ground and they drive pull us up in you know cattle trucks and we're all squeezed in there with our you know duffel bags and one on the back one around the front and you're sweating bullets because it's hot in there and you got little windows and uh, as soon as they open the door, there's, you know, your drill sergeants out there with their big round hats and, you know, <laughs> welcome to hell, you know, <laughs> you have no idea what's going to happen. And uh, it was a great experience, though. I actually, as miserable as it's supposed to be, I, I loved every minute of it, you know, running around, um, even up to our rock march, to our, you know, field training. Um, I just, I had a blast with it. So I think it's what you make of it. Nice. Now, with the Army, is there multiple different recruit depots, or is there, like, one or two main places for the Army? There, There's definitely more than one. So, like, infantry would go to one area. Um, a lot of them can handle a lot of the different career fields, but there's certain ones specific, like, if you're going infantry or special forces or ranger. Right. It, now, like, depending on what your job is going to be but for the most part yeah most of the depots can cool uh now in the, it was cutting out there a little bit down but uh the the marine corps just graduated their first platoon of female marines in san diego because they all all the female recruits used to go to paris island <laughs> so that that's a groundbreaking thing right there it's pretty cool to see that now that you yeah. know san diego is also training uh female marines i thought that was cool yes. so so lynn how about how about you i was a wimp i was not like tara i was 18 year old privileged teenage girl that just wanted to get away from mom and dad and thought that boot camp was going to be the easy way out and i cried <laughs> every day i'm not even going <laughs> to pretend like i didn't it was awful you're getting screamed at you're having a pt i didn't do any of that i um thankfully it was in somewhat of shape now forget it but then at the time, you know, we were running and practicing before we had to go to basic training, but I don't think they really fully train you, you know, to beat down, be beat down like they do when you get there and the mind games. And I was not ready for that. So it played a toll on me. I mean, I did well, I got through it, um, but I was not excited. The field training um, was not fun for me, and <laughs> but I got through it. And it's, I'll tell you, looking back, I would absolutely do it again. Um, of course, we're more prepared in our elder years uh, for the mind games and for, you know, for whatnot that they put you through. But I'll tell you, I would absolutely do it again. And it definitely shaped me into becoming 
you know, at the time a sailor, a good sailor that I was. And then fortunately, when I went over to the Air Force, I didn't have to go to basic training again. So I did have to do field training and a different training for my new career field, which was security forces like Tara as well. Um, so that was fun. We, we trained a lot with the Army um, and, and did a lot of tactical training through them. So it was pretty cool to see their side of the house. And, you know, they took advantage of feeling pretty, pretty badass too, if I could say that. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, can let it, you can let it fly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they felt very, very badass. I will say it again, um, you know, training us Air Force folk. And I was one of the older people going over to training. I was training with a lot of 18 year olds at the time because I was um, prior service. So that was okay. pretty interesting. It was almost like boot camp all over again, doing the land nav and just being thrown out, dropped into the middle of a field and you got to find your way back. And right. we didn't have our cell phones and you know GPS. We had to just figure it out using your basic compass and pencils. That was it. That's all we were given and some peanuts and said, see ya, we'll see you when we see ya. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Good times. Now, where was yeah. your, where was your uh, Navy basic? Where is so that I did, I did it in Orlando. I'm definitely dating oh. myself. Or, Orlando, Florida, that base closed, that closed down a while ago, um, but it was hot. And we were training, they called it out on the grinder on the blacktop in 90 something. I went in August, right after high school, right after graduation. It was the soonest I could go. And we were training alongside, um, obviously not with, with, but Navy SEALs were there training. And so we're trying to keep up with them. And Lord knows <laughs> we couldn't. It was awful. <laughs> Nice. I, I like your background there. We got a little bar set up. Oh my God. So this is retirement folks. <laughs> this, this, is, this is COVID and retirement. Yeah. It I was, like it. It should, be, it should be gone, but the other side is supposed to be coffee and snacks. Well, there's no coffee up there. <laughs> <laughs> and the snacks nice. are gone too. <laughs> this was my COVID project. I, um, I wiped everything out and created a bar room. What else was I going to do with my time? Being I trapped like at it. home. <laughs> great use of space right there right right yeah i got a, and then i joined a wine club and it just kept coming so there you go why. there it is <laughs> awesome uh, <laughs> now speaking of uh, uh like female drill instructors in the marine corps uh, right after the rifle range we every platoon had to do like you know kitchen duty and you know the chow hall oh yeah so our platoon actually got sent over to the female chow hall so when we were working, you know, handing out pastries and cleaning the floors, the female general instructors would take, would handle us. And I think they were meaner than the men. Yeah. Like <laughs> we were, so, we were so like conditioned to say, you know, yes, sir. So when they would bark orders at us, we'd be like, yes, sir. They're like, oh, hell no. Now I'm, now I'm a man. Now I'm a sir. <laughs> no, man. So it was just the wiring, you know? oh yeah so that, for sure. that's that's what i remember like dealing with uh female drill instructors they were pretty intense so uh now <clears throat> how about maybe some of the things that you guys uh some of your favorite parts about your service and and you know what you did and you know the exciting times when you were in the fleet whoever would like to go first, first? Yeah, go ahead tara all right. Um, I think I, so it's hard like to say it as my favorite, but I think the most important part of my career um, was September 11th. 
Um, I was in the army and that was my first time being activated to deal with any type of situation. It was before the war started um, in Iraq and Afghanistan. So I was 18 um, and down in New York City and working with police officers and search and rescue. And there was Marines there, there was Army, there was Air Force, there was Navy. Um, it was just humbling. It opened my eyes. And I think it's a reason why I still am in today. But um, that would be probably one of the groundbreaking moments for me that really stuck with me. But Oh, sure. I, I can imagine. It, you, you were right down there working mm-hmm. in Ground Zero? Yeah. Yeah, imagine that felt like pretty important work right there. So that's- it did. It, it felt surreal. I still remember, like, because I was so young, and you watch all the movies growing up, and like, and part of me felt like I was in like some bad action movie, you know, because of right. how it looked and just the um, the experience. But I think the the connection that we made with people and um, the mission that we had, and just everyone coming together, all the branches, all the civilian law enforcement, everybody uh, working together. I just fell fell in love, and, and my heart broke at the same time. But it was just a mix of of emotions. Oh, I, I can imagine. Uh in the camaraderie with, with everyone as well, you know, the different groups all coming together for a common goal and the, the mm-hmm. weight of all of the emotions and, and everything. So that's amazing. Uh, Lynn, how about you? Yeah, I, I can't even imagine during that time I was serving as well, but I would, I temporarily was reserves um, going from Navy to air force. And I was in the Navy reserves. And I remember just bringing up that time, going and picking up my daughter from school thinking, what the heck? I was in uniform and they're all asking me what's going on. I'm like, you guys know more than I do right now. You're sitting in front of a TV. I'm driving to grab my daughter and get her home because I have no idea what's happening right now. Um, But just touching on that, I would have to say, like I said, during that time, I was fortunate to be home with family. Um, I was um, on an aircraft carrier. That was tremendous with my Navy career. There's nothing more exhilarating than being up on that flight line and um, kind of like what Tara is saying, you know, you got that that danger zone feel and you got that adrenaline going and you got that thrill. It was so exciting being up on there that I look back at pictures now and I'm like, I did that. I did that when I was 18, 19 years old. Holy cow. And at the time it was just doing your job. So I look back now and think if I could go back to my 18 year old self, how cool that would be to to really take in the moment. Um, I feel like I didn't do that as much as I should have. And then I would say on the Air Force side, for sure, um, being deployed to Iraq, um, it was terrifying, very terrifying. I couldn't believe that this was happening after I had already 13 years under my belt um, in the military before I deployed and then and no deployments. Um, so there was my time to go. And, and again, um, meeting the people, um, meeting the locals and Seeing that they're real people too. Um, you know, you've got the good guys, you got the bad guys, and we're there to help the good guys and, and help them have a life. Um, and I worked with a lot of the women there, a lot of the local women, and teaching them basic trade skills. And what we take advantage of here back at home is just mind blowing. And so being there and getting a taste of that and realizing, you know, don't take advantage of the little things, clean water. Um, clean clothing and the, the little simple things that we take advantage of back home I would say that was probably my most memorable and my biggest takeaway from the military for sure. And in, in where in uh, Iraq were you stationed? I was in Kirkuk so I was there at the tail end I was there 08-09 and oh, okay. it was a lot 
calmer then. I mean, we were getting rocket attacks on the daily, um, but they had bad aim. So I guess yeah. we, were, <laughs> we were pretty lucky in that sense. And, you know, it just kind of became the norm. We have another alarm red and, you know, getting a bunker or whatever was safe. And, but it just became the norm. But during that time, I know it wasn't as bad for many. Right. I, I was there in 2005 to 2006 in Ramadi. Okay. So that was, yeah, same type of thing. We were we were still doing trying to win hearts and minds and training, yeah. training Iraqis, uh, you know, police or or military, and so that's running uh, convoys and prisons and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, yeah, it was it was after the invasion, obviously. Right. So now uh, one thing that I think is is cool and interesting is all of the infantry and combat related jobs that are now open to women that were not before. And there's some really, you know, we served with some really hardcore women Marines that definitely I felt would have been a good fit for some of those MOSs. So what's, uh, you know, what's your view on, on women kind of developing and, and getting into those new combat related MOSs? Whoever would like I to. Think, I think it's outstanding. Um, I know we both feel the same way. I mean, we both kind of entered like in a transition when even before me, but even from you know 2000 when I enlisted to now, just seeing the changes, um, I think it's outstanding. I think anyone that wants to serve should be able to serve, and if they can fill the duty and they can do the job, let them do it. You know, right. they're doing it for the country, they're doing it for a place they love. Um, I'm all for it. I love it. I think it's great. Absolutely. And you said that I think the the main thing right there, set the standard. If, if whoever can do the job, right. right. Reach up right. to the reach up to the bar and grab the bar and 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 run with it. And I, I I'm all I'm all for it too. Whoever can do the job. Mm-hmm. So, Lynn, how about you? Yes, I okay. want to echo pretty much everything that Tara said. Um, more power to you. I mean, I I definitely chose just joining the military as a whole. You're in a male dominant career field, and then right. choosing security forces. That's even more. For a long time, I was one of the only females. Um, and then by the time I was retiring, oh my gosh, I almost felt like the women were out, outnumbering the men in the unit. We were getting this huge flux of females coming through. Uh, but again, that is, you know, you're not infantry, you're not frontline, but it was definitely a male dominant career field for sure. And these women, I've been reading their stories and following them and bravo, bravo to them. I, I am, I applaud them big time. Yeah, it, it is, it's really cool. I think it's a good thing yeah. for the military overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't we talk a little bit now, Terry, you're still in. Um, yes. But why don't we talk about some of the things, I guess, Lynn, we could touch on Western New York heroes here and all the stuff you're doing uh, post-military career. And then Tara, we could talk about kind of where you plan on heading with your career, uh, maybe how much longer you have or plan on serving or if you've gone gotten that far with your planning. But uh, Lynn, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, the great stuff you're doing with Western New York Heroes. We've been able to have the good fortune to work with you guys, and we're just really amazed at uh, the way you guys execute your your organization and the way you handle things. You guys are, you know, grade A nonprofit veteran group. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. Um, I am pretty proud to say that we're doing some pretty remarkable stuff in the community. I always say I could never be a used car salesman or woman because I, I don't believe in trying to upcharge or whatever it is. You know, I have to preach something that I believe in. And that's why I choose to be at Western Heroes. 
Um, and, and I spoke today up at Niagara Falls Air Base and Tara said it best that, you know, after retiring, I wanted to continue my service. I was not ready to get out. I ended up getting out on a medical discharge and I had a very, very hard transition mentally, not even so much physically where you would think it would be physically because it was medical, but more mentally than anything. And I, I needed to be still a part of the military. I needed that connection. And so working with Western New York Heroes, I definitely found that connection. We're family. We are all veterans there. I definitely take pride in saying that every single one of us that work in that office are veterans. And that is a criteria that we plan on keeping. Um, not that a civilian can't understand what a veteran is going through, but sometimes you just need that familiar face. You need another veteran to talk to. How many times do we go to doctor's appointments and it's a civilian doctor and you don't open up? Or you sit in an empty room or a full room rather with a bunch of people and the second you find out someone's a veteran, you start talking. You immediately have that connection, man, woman, uh, World War II or brand new recruit. You, you have that connection, that camaraderie. So we take pride in saying that, you know, we're all veterans there. We understand none of us forget where we came from. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, people get out of the military or get out of a career field and move on and they don't look back where I look back every day, every single day that I get up out of bed, I'm making sure to remember, you know, my struggles and remember what I had to go through or my fortunate events that I was really lucky to have this family support and, and whatnot. And a lot of people don't have that. So that's where we come in if somebody's financially struggling, uh, if there's a food insecurity, we uh, have a ginormous, if that's even a word, uh, service dog program that has more than tripled since I started working there. I retired in 2015 and started working there in 16 or in, in 15. And the, the service dog program went from 16 veterans paired up with a service dog in the community to 82 we're at now. Wow. So those numbers are tremendous. And we pay for all the training. We pay for the food of the while they're in training. We pay for vet bills. There is no cost to the veteran at all um, during their time in service. Um, with, I'm sorry, during the time in their training with the service dog. Um, we have a peer-to-peer -peer program and I am pretty excited. I got, I looped Tara in. I started the first female veterans um, group in Western New York. Awesome. We, yeah, that was pretty cool. We started with eight and then I had our first female veterans retreat in, um, two years ago, just before COVID. And we had 92 female veterans in Western New York sign up. So we had- um, Awesome. The Department of Veteran Affairs in Albany did come down and, and did recognize the event. So that was pretty cool. And it, it was, I am not an event planner, so I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And it just all came together. You know, all the women came together and made it happen. So it wasn't me. Um, I basically just booked the hotel and the three days and guest speakers and everybody else made it happen. Nice. That sounds that awesome. Great. That sounds like a great event. Yeah, it and was a lot of fun. Now, are you going to plan on doing another one here soon as things are opening up and you're going to continue on and building this and having it every year or what's the plan? Absolutely. Plans? Okay. Absolutely. We, um, we did have, we did a virtual one um, instead okay. of just a weekend. I did it all week long because knowing some people are working, some people at home. So we started every morning with yoga and you would just log on Zoom and do yoga from the comfort of your home. And then every evening we would have events. We did a cooking class. We did a, um, and it was a plant-based cooking class. So a lot of people were like, I want a burger, 
but people really <laughs> enjoyed it. They took part in it. They made, you know, the, the plant-based meals and it was actually really good. Um, we had different, we even did a bingo night. We did um, a lot of um, suicide prevention, mental health uh, guest speakers and uh, veteran services came on board and they talked a lot too about veterans benefits and a lot of things that people don't realize they're entitled to. So they raised a lot of awareness there as well. So it was a great turnout, a little difficult. You know, you have, we have a lot of uh, older veteran population as well mixed in and it's hard for them with the technology today and getting on the sure. Zoom and people are Zoomed out too. So oh that yeah. yeah, right? That's, that's true. Now, uh, why don't, go ahead and tell the people how they can get a hold of you. We'll also include links to Western New York Heroes and all your groups, so. Um, but this way you can let them know here how to get a hold of you guys. And if you're a veteran, you know, maybe, maybe the process that it happens there for them to get your services. So go ahead. Right. Sorry. Absolutely. If you want to get a hold of myself or anybody from my team, my name is Lynn Magistrelli and I'm the program director at Western New York Heroes. And you can reach us at www.wnyhero.org, or you can give us a call 716. 716- Six three zero five zero two zero, and we are on every single social media platform. And I've even, sorry, I've even <laughs> that's my dumb dog who is not a service dog. Um, we've even just uh, jumped on TikTok, so I'm not familiar with that. A little, little bit I'm learning, but we're on TikTok as well as all these social media platforms. Awesome, very cool. Yeah. Uh, so Tara, what's, what's your plans here with the, the rest of your, your service career? Well, just like Lynn, I'm sure I'll stay as long as they want to keep me. I love it. I love serving. I'm probably going to be in the same boat when my time's up. Like, where do I go? What do I do? Uh, I've been doing this since I graduated high school. So um, I still got about a little over five years, um, but it depends. There's a chance if I can maybe get to chief before I retire. I don't know. Um, it just depends on where that takes me. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, but either way, I, I just want to continue just helping people um, at the base and um, local veterans, like I love, you know, helping out Lynn's organization as often as I can. They do amazing things. So I can't really top what they're doing, but um, just supporting the people that I serve with, continuing to do that, being a leader as much as I can to help others develop and hopefully take over my job when I'm gone. Um, but I do, my one passion I think that I do see myself getting into is something to do with mental health. Um, I do our violence prevention program at the wing. Uh, I do our suicide prevention training um, and it's just a big piece to me. Um, I've lost people, uh, veterans to suicide. So I know um, how important it is to have those tough talks, especially with those of us in uniform because a lot of times we, we hide all those feelings. So I think um, that's where I would like to go with my career when I get out. So work on that. I have some good mentors um, that have a degree in what I'm trying to do that are kind of mentoring me along. So uh, working my way there. <laughs> all, all very positive things uh, both you ladies are doing. And it's been an honor to, to have you, you guys on today and uh, spending the time with us here on your Sunday. So, yeah, well, I tell you what, we're going to continue featuring uh, all the great things that female veterans are doing. We have a few other episodes planned that are going to be coming down the, the pipe here. So yeah, I just want to thank you for coming on and, and we'll, we'll stay in touch and see if we can uh, keep doing some great things together. We're going to have some shows coming up here, Lynn. So mm-hmm. I'll let you know. 
So if you guys have your your schedule clear and want to come down and feature your booth, we have some. Uh, I think we're start, starting in June and beyond. So we'll uh, we'll definitely be in touch. So, thank you so much, Dan. Sorry, oh. thank you. We appreciate you so so much. Oh, pleasure's all mine. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. You as well. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. So we're going to go to a, a music break here, and we'll be back. So stay tuned. All right.
Festival Podcast, brought to you by Oliver's Candies, the creator of the American Warrior Festival Candy Bar. Oliver's Candies is proud to offer you the largest selection of award-winning chocolates made in western New York. Visit them online at oliverscandies.com. What's going on, everybody? Don T. Penny here. Just wanted to take a minute to thank our fellow Patreon supporters and let you know that if you wanted to become a fellow supporter of our podcast, all you got to do is click on the link below that is in your show notes. Or if you're listening to this slash watching watching this on YouTube, all you got to do is go to the video description. We will have a link to the Patreon page right there in that description as well. And that will take you to the homepage where you can see the sixth different options for our patreon program feel free to browse through it guys click on them see which one best suits you and any support any help that you guys would offer us is much appreciated it helps us put more content out for you and push this podcast uh, to that next level once again guys thank you for all your support we're going to continue to do our job you guys have a great rest of your day we're out The American Warrior Festival Podcast is brought to you by the Red Osier Landmark Restaurant, Oliver's Candies, Smoking Eagle Barbecue and Brew, The Firing Pit, Orcon Industries, Ken Barrett Chevrolet Cadillac, TF Browns, One LLP, Batavia Legal Printing, Gun Track App, and Amerahome Healthcare. This is Candy. You're listening to the American Warrior Festival. Yeah.
Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we'd like to thank you once again for joining us for episode 13 of the American Warrior Festival podcast. And as you guys can probably tell by now, uh, we did have to make a little bit of a pivot on this episode. Unfortunately, uh, the second guest we had um, uh, fell through due to circumstances out of all of our control. And unfortunately, we couldn't get you guys a uh, replacement guest in time to uh, cut this episode. But on the bright side, we did get to treat you guys to uh, a lot more uh, cool new music that we haven't featured on the show previously. And in honor of today's episode being the American Female a Warrior episode, uh, all of the music that you heard were all by uh, female-fronted uh, bands, you know, uh, front women, if you will. Um, so I'm going to go over uh, those songs for you guys and the artists and uh, uh of what we heard here today so kicking it off with some metal because you know we love our metal here at american warrior festival uh we had chasing after alice with trickster that was followed by some some good old country style music by mama cat dawn with no vacancy then we kind of lined it up for you guys a little bit but just as edgy you got to really listen to the content the lyrics in this uh woman's music because it's pretty pretty crazy uh Diana Zini, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I apologize. Uh, with her song, uh, first uh, of her song was uh, Light Years, and then followed that up with uh, her second song, which was Ruins, that we featured. That's Diana Zini there. Again, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Forgive me if I didn't. Uh, then we capped it off again, bringing it back to our metal roots, guys. Chasing After Alice with their song, Beautiful Catastrophe. So that's the music you guys got in episode 13 of the American Warrior Festival podcast. Once again, guys, we thank you for joining us. We appreciate everything. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy it. Like, comment, subscribe if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube. See you next time. We're out of here.